the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by EverBank. I'm J.P. Shadrick with the best of the week from Jaguars Radio, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars YouTube. The Jaguars visit the Cleveland Browns in Week 14. The Jags have plenty of health concerns going into the game, but none bigger than starting quarterback Trevor Lawrence and his right high ankle sprain. Lawrence spoke with the media Wednesday about the balance of doing what's best for the team versus getting back on the field quickly. The team's always the priority. We had obviously the same conversations before the New Orleans game earlier in the season, and I'll never put myself or the team in a position to where we're at a higher risk or we're not going to play our best because I'm not able to do my job. So those are all questions you have to answer throughout the course of the week. And um, just for me, it's just doing everything I can every second of the day to to get back as soon as possible, you know, whenever that is. Backup quarterback C.J. Beathard has traveled these roads before. He's 2-10 and 10 as a starter, but all those backup starts came with the San Francisco 49ers. You know, he knows his body. He knows himself more than anybody on this team. So, um, you know, I'm just going to prepare as if I'm ready, just like I do each and every other week. And then, you know, if, if the opportunity comes, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be in there ready to go. But if it doesn't, you know, I won't bat an eye about it. You know, I want him to be healthy. I want him to play and play well and all that kind of stuff. So. Head coach Doug Peterson knows it will take a full team adjustment no matter who is available Sunday. If Trevor can go, if CJ goes, if CJ goes, then I, I think there's a more of a sense of urgency, I think, a little bit for everybody to kind of do a little bit more on their part, you know what I mean, to kind of support, you know, your backup that way, you know, but there's not a lot of things you got to do out of the ordinary. You still got to do your job, right, and and focus in on what what you do. And the one thing about CJ and Trevor both, I mean, they, they both prepare as if they are both starting. That's just what the backup does, you know, and I, I know that role having been in it myself and then obviously coach that role. So, but I don't think you have to do anything out of the ordinary. That was from Doug Peterson Wednesday. On Huddle Up later Wednesday afternoon, Bucky Brooks, John Osher, and I reacted to all the comments from earlier in the day. This would be his 47th consecutive start to start his career if he were to go this week. Long way from 297 and Brett Favre, John, but what do you read from the tea leaves there? He walked. He <laughs> talked. Um, he didn't have a boot. He was significantly not limping on the way in. I, I'm not going to say that he wasn't making sure he didn't limp, if you follow me. I think there was some appearance uh, wanting there. Look, um, when he went down on Monday, I didn't think in any way in the world he would play. Uh, he he has played through injuries uh, the next week twice. This is a significantly different thing, the high ankle sprain. Conventional wisdom is it is a three- to four- uh, to six-week injury. Uh Mahomes also played on a high sprain last year in the playoffs. Uh, Anything could happen. This kid's been Superman before. I would still guess that he doesn't, but I feel a little more after today like there's a decent chance he will. He he talked, which is significant in this league. You know, when the starting quarterback talks, means there's a chance he plays. So, uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What do you? But we'll see. What do you read from it, Bucky? A couple of things that uh, came out from that, that that really stood out to me. One, he walked in without a boot. That's significant. Two, he talked about uh, playing. And what we know from Trevor, the situation appeared dire before the New Orleans Saints game, and he showed up and played, didn't practice much, played, and played really well. Uh, this is a guy, I'll give him credit. The toughness uh, that you want to see from your franchise quarterback, he exhibits. The courage to kind of put himself out there and do it, I applaud him. The key will be, if you're Doug Peterson, 
do you want to expose him to the Browns' defensive front where he could possibly tweak it again and then not be available down the stretch? Or do you want to give him a full week to rest and recover and target the Baltimore Ravens, that Sunday night game, as an opportunity for him to come back? You know, it's trying to weigh the pros and cons of what could be if he plays this week versus letting him get right and be all the way back when he plays against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I don't. Yes, first of all, Beck's exactly right. I, I don't know if realistically off a high sprain, you're going to be right in two weeks, 100%. I mean, if you think about it, Mahomes still in the Super Bowl was showing some, uh, you know, wasn't really the same guy yet, I don't think. Uh, so you probably are limited for a little while. Um, my guess is if they feel like he can protect himself and and play it all, uh, I think he'll play. I, I, I'd still be surprised, but um, I'm just surprised. I guess I'm surprised that I feel this confident, even though I'm not super, super confident. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, just because we all saw the scene on Monday night when he's mm-hmm. twisted up like a pretzel in the field and he's throwing his helmet and he can't walk down the hallway. And at that moment, I'm thinking he's out next week and maybe longer than that because yeah. he really just didn't know just from the look of it. But to have this even a possibility this week is – Pretty remarkable for the quarterback. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks airs Wednesday at 4 o'clock on Jaguars.com and Jags YouTube. On Thursday, head coach Doug Peterson joined Jeff Lagerman and me on the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars radio network and talked through the quarterback situation and more. You know, Trevor's trending in the right direction. You know, it's just kind of day by day with him, and and uh, we'll see we'll see where he's at, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and heading into this football game. But, um, look, I you know, you never want to put a guy in a box and say he can't do something because, you know, we've seen, we've seen Trevor bounce back from injury before. But, um, you know, if not, it's C.J. Beathard will go and, and, and he'll be ready and he'll get, he'll get, you know, and has gotten the bulk of the reps this week. So, you know, we're very confident in that too. I've never had one of those, but they say that the high ankle is one of the most painful injuries that, that you can have. Did you ever have one? I did have one in college. They are pretty painful. Um, you know, the concern is the, the fractures, right? Because that's, that's usually up on your fibula and, and places like that. And, and we were fortunate that none of that happened or, you know, Trevor didn't, you know, assume any of those injuries there. But they are painful and they take time. It's not, a, it's not an injury that, you know, a couple of days and, and you're, you're running around and jumping and doing all those things on your ankle. So, um, you know, we're just fortunate that, that everything is stable and, and trending in the right direction. Well, you, you talked about the number that you had on Monday night, uh, Walker Little, Trey Herndon, uh, gosh, who else am I? Fadakasi. I mean, yeah. how, how are, are all Christian those guys Kurt. doing? Yeah, you know, and Christian too. Yeah, you're right. Christian. You know, obviously Christian we know is going to miss. He's going to – um, you know, have surgery and, and, and get that repaired and, and hopefully we get him back, you know, soon and we'll just see how that goes. But, you know, we're optimistic there. You know, Foley is, um, you know, back on the practice field and, and he's, he's, he's doing okay. He's a kind of a day to day, you know, guy right now, obviously Trey Herndon's in the protocol. So we got to make sure that, you know, that he's, he's cleared before anything uh, happens there. And, and then, you know, just, we got the, the typical bumps and bruises, you know, this time of year, TJ's sore, obviously, um, you know, the more that Dearness is playing, he, he's getting more sore, you know, but, but every team is in the same situation. Every team is dealing with injury. Every team is going through it. Um, it's kind of the, so what now what mentality and, um, you know, our guys need to embrace it and, and just move forward. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear it. They don't want to hear it. Yeah. And in Cleveland this week, uh, the first thing that you mentioned about them was their defense. 
what makes their defense great? Uh, for me, it's it's ninety five. Uh, but for you, what do you see? Well, I, I see Jim Schwartz all over this defense. I see his his fingerprints on it. It's the wide nine. It's the it's the jet rush. Get off the ball, defensive line. Let's put pressure with four. Uh, keep eye, all eyes, you know, on the quarterback with their second and third level defenders. But you're right, ninety five is a is a game wrecker. He's he's um, you know, him and Aaron Donald are probably two of the best D linemen in the National Football League right now. Uh, 95, obviously, Miles Garrett is probably the best one or will be the best one that we, we face all season long. And, and that's and we face some good ones, you know, this year. But, you know, um, he's one man, obviously. Um, and, and we got to make sure that, that he doesn't wreck the game for us. I know he's going to affect the game, but he can't wreck it for us. Um, and, and making sure that, uh, you know, everybody uh, that has an opportunity to, to chip or bang or thump or, you know, block him, that we, we do it because, you know, he's such a great player and you got to give, give guys like that their respect. The Doug Peterson Show airs Thursday at 5 on the Jaguars radio network. We're in the final stretch of the regular season. Only two home games remaining for the Jags and be there as the Jags go head-to-head with the Baltimore Ravens Sunday, December 17th. Grab your teal and help the Jags teal out the stands and get your tickets at jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. In a moment, a look ahead to the Cleveland Browns. All that after this. Jaguars fans, Everbank is building its future on the partnership and the performance you know and trust. Take advantage of high-yield savings solutions with Money Market, online savings, CDs, and more. Visit everbank.com slash jaguars today for your financial advantage. Everbank, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week Interview Podcast presented by Everbank. And college students, this one's for you. With the new Jags College Pass, you can get exclusive ticketing offers all season long. Registration is free, and you only pay for the offers you accept. Join the Jaguars for the best games and biggest plays. Visit jaguars.com slash college pass. Jaguars outside linebacker Josh Allen has 13 and a half sacks for the season, and that's one away from tying the single-season Jaguars record of 14 and a half set by Calais Campbell in 2017. Allen caught up with John Ozier for the Ozone podcast this week, and he's excited about being part of a group that is establishing a legacy. I mean, it's huge. You know, uh, when I look about myself, man, I want to leave a legacy. I want to be a part of something. I want to be a part of a team that's done something that no team has done sure. it. Part of history, you know, I've done it in high school, I've done it in college, and I want to continue to do it in the right. pros. So for me, thinking about last year, man, it was like, man, I went to the playoffs last year. You know, us as a team went to the playoffs, but I didn't play my best ball. And and look how far we went. So for me, I, I took that ownership to myself to like, when I can better myself, how far can we become as a team? Mm-hmm. How far can we go? And when your best player is playing their best ball. And so for me, I took that and you know, I was blessed to be able to put our team in the best, you know, put in a better position to win. And, and that's all I can do. And uh, that's all we can do, any of us. And so we still have, you know, you know continue to have that mindset all throughout. <laughs> like I said, man, we're, we're playing for something much bigger. Right. And, and, and we have a great opportunity to get there. I'm going to ask this because I talked to you probably after the last two or three off seasons. And it always struck me that, that your focus and your want to and your desire was as high as anybody I've been around. So when people look at your year this year and say, well, it's a contract year, mm-hmm. to me that implies that you weren't trying before. <laughs> yeah. So, and 
What do you think when people say it's a contract yeah. year? To me, it's more just you are. It's working. Yeah. But it's not like you're trying harder than yeah. you have before. You follow me with that? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great question. You know, and you know, you hear people have. You know, you hear people always say, "Oh, right. he's only like they're doing good because it's a contract year." I've seen it throughout a, a lot of people. Sure. And you know, for me, you know, I don't really, you know, feed into that notion of, "Oh, am I doing it?" No, it's. Because I'm finally like I figure I'm figure like I'm figuring it out right, which you've worked you know, really hard off season to figure things out. Focus and, gone to Arizona, yeah. started right after the season. I mean, this has been something yeah. you've taken really seriously. Yes, sir. And uh, you know, it's, it's it's always matching the pieces. You know, for me, you know, I I have a young family as well. So for me, it's you know how well can I manage my time? <laughs> yeah. And and for me, I found a way that works. You know, and so that allows me to do more. You know, with doing less <laughs> in, a, in yeah. a way. So for me, it's, it's just finding out what's working. And I found out my process and I found out what works. If I could have did this last year, I would have done it. You know, if I would have learned that this is what it takes, I would have done it. You know, but, you know, I found my process and I found out what works. If it would have happened last year, it would have happened last year. It would have sure. happened next year, it would have happened next year. But, you know, I'm at a time to where I found out what works. And I'm going to continue this recipe for success and I want to continue to grow because there's still rooms that I can improve mm-hmm. on and I watch the tape and I know I can improve so for me it's it's keeping up with what I'm doing but it's also improving to see what I can do better and I know there's room for improvement and uh and I'm excited to keep growing the ozone podcast available on the official Jaguars podcast network Now to the Cleveland Browns. They have the number one defense in the NFL, but they've used four different quarterbacks on offense this season. They are 7-5 and and in a wildcard position at the moment. On Jags AM Thursday, Kai Stevens, Ryan Sexton, and John Osier discussed their success playing at home in Cleveland this year. John, I know you mentioned how well the Browns play at home. Uh, Stefanski, their head coach, was asked yesterday why he thinks they play so well at home, and he didn't quite have an answer, but he did say he likes to play in Cleveland. I will tell you, we like playing at home. We do. I like having our crowd into it. I like the juice that it gives our defense. I like that it it makes life hard on the opposing offense. Uh, Having said that, you know, you still want to play good defense, good offense on the road as well. Uh, But I do think we have a very distinct home field advantage. I think some of the things that benefit them at home seem to be what the Jaguars feed off of, that crowd noise against Mm -hmm. them, kind of that, you know, prove them wrong mentality so it will be interesting to see which one comes out on top yeah I think sometimes it's fun to talk about it's fun to ask the coach it's just like when people ask Doug why the Jaguars are struggling at home well they didn't struggle at home last year they were great at home last year it's not like they can't play in Everbank Stadium sometimes I think it's just sort of circumstance Mm -hmm. Um, now the Browns I think when you're a really good defense and you get some weather involved, which you're going to have in Cleveland, I think maybe that factors into it a little bit there. I don't necessarily think uh, weather is a factor for the Jags here. They're a takeaway team. You know, if the Jaguars are going to be in it, they can't feed that defense in that crowd uh, with errant passes, right, especially with C.J. Beathard, mm-hmm. or, or putting the ball on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and this team, this Browns defense, is good at getting it out. And you know, the other thing, if you, you think about the cold and the wind, it's only what, 35, 36 degrees and, yeah. and wet, but that wind can come off the yeah. lake. Yeah. and make it miserable, make it feel a whole lot colder. So there's a um, there's got to be a, a focus on the football on Sunday. Yeah, you do get the idea. That's one of these games that uh, if you see the ball on the ground Ooh. or a turnover in the first quarter, it could be it. Uh, 
you get one of those sinking feelings. Yeah, yeah. Katie barred the door. However, the flip side is also true, right? With a quarterback who's playing his second game, uh, and that's what Flacco is, and their offensive line is playing with backup tackles. Mm -hmm. There's an opportunity for this defense, which has 21 takeaways, to be able to go create a couple also, to use it to their advantage. Jags AM, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings on Jaguars.com and Jags YouTube. Let's get to our media guest this week, CBS Sports analyst Charles Davis, and plenty to discuss as he prepared for this Jaguars-Browns matchup. Yeah, excited about it. I mean, this is the type of year that if you're an analyst, a broadcaster, heck, if you're a fan after your team, you do kind of keep an eye on what's going on in Jacksonville because a lot of good things are happening. And when you do watch them play, there's a fun to it. There's a verve. There's a joy. And But I felt like on Monday night, there wasn't as much joy out of the Jaguars. Charles Davis with us, CBS Sports. I mean, I, is that fixable? I mean, if anybody could fix it, it's Doug Peterson. Oh, it's fixable. It's fixable. Th this team, sometimes us yackers, you, me, and all of our brethren from the outside, we can create problems for a team without meaning to. Right? We can create problems with how much we're praising them, how much we like this team, how they could be the number one seed, how people in preseason picked them to be the number one seed. Now they're beating their chest and going, see, look at where they are right now. And we can create some of that. And last year, you remember the whole second half year, you were along for the ride. You were part of the journey. It was, ah, what the heck, let's just go play because this thing's pretty much done. And then each week, Tennessee kept giving me an opportunity. Oh, well, maybe it's not done. Well, let's just keep playing. And it worked out. This year, you've got a gap on the front end. Uh-oh. Well, if we win this week, this works. But if we lose, oh, boy, then this team can. Well, Kansas City did you solid last week. Well, Green, well, Green Bay, I should say, did you, did you solid last week because you, did, you lost no blood on that part. Tiebreaker you did because head-to-head -head with Kansas City from earlier this year, but you really didn't lose your division. That that part worked out. Charles, of course, the quarterback uh, was banged up, and he might be the most flexible person I've ever seen in my life. I mean, if he's getting bent that's up a like a pretzel like that, and and that's all that happens is the high ankle. I, he's done it twice now. Last year in Detroit, the same thing happened. He comes back in the game. This time he does it. It's amazing. We watched him leave, and I ruled him out that night, which I know better. I know better. You don't do that. But I did. Like, there's no way. I don't know if he's on the TB12 method, Tom Brady and the flexibility, but that's all Tom talked about the, the, the second half of his career was pliability, flexibility. When he walks into a room, he's tall, he's got stature, he's got presence, all those words I've used before, but he doesn't blow you away like he just came from a big time, you know, hanging and banging in the weight room. But Tom Brady rarely got hurt. Because of the flexibility applied, but he was really into that. He, I remember talking with him about it one time. You know, it's not like I'm name dropping. I'm not. Just it was a regular production meeting, okay? But but he talked about how much he believed in it and was staunch that people who went about the other way were hurting themselves. You're just waiting to to blow things up. I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is in that camp, but it's apparent he's doing some great flexibility work because of what you talked about. The way he rolled and the idea that he's not out. We had a game last week. It was Denver-Houston and Tank Dell, the terrific rookie, goes inside to block Justin Simmons, the great safety, and he cracks him. And it was a goal line play, so there's bodies all around. And a couple linemen rolled on Tank, and he got bent backwards and fractured his fibula. I, if, if they had told us that with Trevor Lawrence, would you have been surprised? No. And, and, and it didn't happen that way. So he's got a little bit of good luck in there. 
but I do think you're on to something. I think he does a great job in stretching. Uh, Charles Davis with us, CBS Sports. How many times have you had the Browns this year? Their defense looks great statistically. They're, they've been rolling through quarterbacks all over the place. And is this a legitimate playoff team? Can they get to the finish line? We're going to find out with the quarterback situation. In their four losses, the defense hasn't been nearly as formidable. But some of that I attribute to how they've had to play for their offense. Like the first time was when they thought Deshaun Watson was going to play against Baltimore. He got ruled out a couple hours before kickoff. And Dorian Thompson Robinson, as a rookie, had taken most of the snaps that week, but I don't think he was convinced he was going to play. And I just have this vision of them walking back in the locker room. 17, you're up. What? What? You know, and I don't mean that in a bad way. He's actually talked about it, about how his preparation got better from that point on. Normal rookie things, I'm not even dinging him for it because we all thought he was going to play. Deshaun Watson met with us that week. Ivan was at the Friday practice. He didn't pray. He jogs by me. He's like, dude, you didn't take any snaps. He goes, no, I'm good. I'll see you Sunday. So we all thought he was going to play. So I give him a little little on that one. But the Rams game was 20 to 19, JP, last Sunday. It's 20 to 19 in the fourth quarter. Now it looks bad at the end. They hang in there and they battle you like mad. But when the offense can't totally click, you know what it's like. You give extra possessions, extra opportunities. Even the best defenses in the world have a hard time holding up to that. And they've had some injuries. You know, Denzel Ward has been out the last two weeks as the corner. Miles Garrett hurt his shoulder in Denver. And I don't think he's close to 100%, but he's staying out there because he's a tough guy. So we're just watching Anthony Walker, the middle linebacker, missed a couple of games and came back because he got hurt in the last time we saw him. I'm trying to count how many times we've seen the Browns. I think this might be the fifth coming up. We, we have been, we have lived in the AFC North. We are we are Rust Belt's Rust Belt's uh, city central right now. The exclusive extended conversation with Charles Davis available now on the official Jaguars podcast network. And finally, this week, the final media availability of the week with head coach Doug Peterson Friday morning. I mean, he's feeling good. Um, you know, we'll see. He moved around a little bit yesterday. See how he does today. You know. Um, Kind of, kind of base it on you know uh, medical staff how Trevor feels and uh, um, if he can if he can go or not. Would you guess questionable designation? Yes. So it'll be a game time game day decision. Probably so. Yeah, probably so. Is uh, Ezra Cleveland your starting left tackle this week? Uh, we'll see. Uh, we're getting him reps out there. Obviously, I'm uh, getting Tyler Shatley you know inside reps. Getting Blake Kent some reps out there. You know, uh, Cole Van Landon's been getting some reps, so a um, bunch of combinations of guys. How does Ezra look out there at that position? I mean, he seems to look fine, look comfortable. Um, you know, it, it's he's got history with Phil, and, and you know, when when he was when he was drafted, um, you know, tackle was going to be was going to be his spot, and then they moved him inside. They needed guard help, and he's played guard ever since. But you know, again, the versatility of the offensive line and the players that we have that can that can do that, you know, just benefits um, benefits us, obviously, you know, in situations like this. When it comes to making the final decision on Trevor and his ankle, how much does the weather in the field and that pregame field test weigh into whether or not you think he can go? Um, maybe some, but but not not a whole lot. You know, it's it's more on. Um, you know, Trevor, how he feels and, and really talking to the docs and, and, and seeing medically if, uh, you know, um, he, he's not in any harm. Uh, obviously what you saw Monday night coming off the field and then Tuesday when you got in the building to where you're at here on a Friday, thinking that it might be a game time decision. How, how surprised are you the way this week has progressed for him? 
you know, um, we've kind of gone through this with him. We did it. We did it last year, you know, with the toe, and we've done it this year with the knee. And um, it and he's and he's played, you know, if history suggests. I mean, he's played the next week, and obviously a year ago at Detroit, he played the second half, you know, on that injury, and it just to me just shows one his toughness, um, physical toughness, mental toughness. Um, I believe, you know, when your quarterback. Um, exudes that. I think it. I think it does send a message to the rest of your team, you know, in a good way. Um, and and you know, I'm still optimistic, obviously, for for this weekend. But but again, you know, the fact that he's he's willing and able to put himself out there for his teammates and his team um, speaks volumes. All the press conferences from the week available on Jaguars.com and check out the official Jaguars podcast network. Subscribe on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. And of course, we love the feedback, so leave us a comment and a five-star rating. We have arrived at week 14. We're on the air in Jacksonville Sunday at 10 a.m. with the Publix Tailgate Show on 1010XL. Then at noon, it's countdown to kickoff on the Jaguars radio network. The official kickoff time is 1.02 at Cleveland Brown Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars broadcast week in review podcast presented by Everbank.